Hello, and welcome to Medium is the Message, a podcast about translating ideas between formats, part of the Podcast Minds 100th episode, One Mic Stand Podcast Jam. Uh, my name is Jeff Stormer. My pronouns are he and his. And my name is Lars Rune-Frey Astmerk, and I am on the internet, I often go by c and may I pronouns are he, him, or they, them. And as I said, this is a podcast about translating ideas between formats. Um, I am a tabletop designer. You are a video game designer. And we are going to take an idea that was presented to us on Twitter. And we are going to break down what that idea would look like in a video game format, what that idea could look like in a tabletop RPG format to really show, you know, look at the look at the way that an idea translates in the particular constraints and challenges and joys and ec- ways that you can execute on an idea in different ways of looking at a game uh, our prompt this week comes from twitter user gentleman brawler um and the the idea that we've both gone off and written some notes about what it would look like is solo wizard gourmet um so uh lars i want to throw it over to you at the very top why don't you give us a rundown of what this idea uh looks like what your notes are on how you would translate this into a video game format if I've got some questions along the way, I'll ask them, and then I will do the exact same thing uh, in a tabletop RPG format. So I looked at it word by word. So gourmet is fancy food, usually served in some expensive restaurant. So that suggested a cooking game with that. Uh, someone who uses magic, so... Maybe they're using magic to cook food, or maybe the ingredients of the food are magic. Where he also made me think of potions. And solo means mm-hmm. you're alone. So there's just this one person doing something. It's not a team of cooks and waiters and so on at the restaurant. There's just one person working there. So... I thought of a couple of different ideas. Why I am was to have modes, so the game goes forth and back between you are cooking and you are out in the world, getting ingredients, maybe buying ingredients in a store, maybe going to some wilderness and catching animals, picking plants, and so on. Mm-hmm. I also imagine if there's some dish that has to like sit for some time, maybe you could go out and pick plants or find ingredients while it's setting, like a yeast that has to set when you are making bread. And I also imagine there could be some sort of story, so there would. This person wouldn't just be some random wizard that's making food. He would have some backstory that explains why he opened the restaurant, why he is making food, what is he trying to achieve. And another way to introduce story could be conversations between him and his customers, or if he goes somewhere to buy ingredients, conversations that happen in that place. So I imagined this could be in some country, in some kingdom, where there is a contest every year, where you have, where 
different cooks try to well, win this contest to show that they're the best cook in the kingdom. And this mm-hmm, cook sure. wants to try and win that contest. So what do we think we win if we win the contest? I think that would depend on some decisions made throughout the game. So mm-hmm. because he can talk to NPCs like the customers, the ingredient sellers, those PI, maybe a, those PI, maybe he ends up mostly cooking a particular type of dish because yeah, would be able to specialize in particular dishes, and that could sure, 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 and that could lead to different variants of the ending text. I like that. I like that a lot. I feel like it would be it would be interesting to like, yeah, it'd be interesting to kind of like play that out in terms of you know, uh, the types of food that you appeal to would like build to a different, and maybe that also ties into the mini game of like going out to get ingredients is like the specific ingredients that you go out and collect like informs the food that you can make, informs the magic that you can cast, informs how you well you do in the contest. Yeah. I really like that. I think that's a good I think that's a good that feels like a great format in the game. I, I'm interested in showing kind of like I went in a very different direction with this, and I think that's kind of uh I mean that's kind of the point of the podcast. So um breaking down like what I was thinking from a TTRPG standpoint, like when I heard the phrase solo wizard gourmet the first thing I latched, we, we kind of both latched onto that idea of the word of solo and like the idea that this is like a one person experience. Yeah. Really what I was envisioning was like a single player, almost a journaling game or like a writing game, something that you kind of play by yourself. And I think like where I took the idea of like gourmet was less literal food and more the idea of like a lot of it. So kind of what I'm envisioning for solo wizard gourmet is a compilation game, like a collection of smaller single-player individual person solo journaling games, like journaling prompts that you play by yourself to imagine the story of, like, bringing in the idea of a wizard, of, like, a wizard preparing individual spells and, like, different, really leaning into, like, the thing I wanted to lean into most specifically was the idea of using like journaling prompts or like activities to kind of uh, create an experience that, you know, leaning into kind of the ritual aspects of tabletop play to kind of create a variety of different like journaling experiences and tying each of those into you are a wizard preparing your spell book. Uh, you are a, you are, you are creating your spell book and each individual, each individual, um, each individual ritual or storytelling experience or game that you play is representative of creating a different kind of spell. So, uh, for example, like uh, in in something, if you were creating a potion, it could literally be like writing down, you know, the last 10 meals that you ate and pulling out a word or an ingredient from each of those meals and imagining the magic that could come if you combined a piece of each of those meals, but also maybe the experience that you had eating those dishes or the, or the people that you, that you had those meals with, like 
using those kind of as journaling prompts to kind of pull individual elements out of and then presenting the player with a list of questions that say something to the effect of, you know, how do you take these components and create them into a, how are you as a wizard pulling these individual components that you've gathered together into a a magical spell or a potion or whatever you were kind of envisioning. Uh, and I, I kind of envision that being um, that kind of like ritual play being something that is played over over the course of like a set period of time, right? Like I imagine this being a kind of a time-based ritual thing where every day you kind of pick a different game or a different mini game and you sort of play out this experience and you 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 draft it and quietly and slowly you fill out a journal that sort of is like a record of the things that you've done and the way that you've translated them into journal and then at the end of 30 days or whatever you have your own written spell book that is your own written record of not only the spells that you've created but also because of all these games exist in this place it's also a journal of the month that you've lived and the experiences that you had, and I think there's something really beautiful in creating a written record of that experience. And that's kind of my game pitch for, for Tabletop in a nutshell. What are your thoughts? I don't think I have a lot of experience playing that type of game, so that makes it a bit different to imagine some of it. I mean, I'm not really used to playing games where I have to read things while I'm playing, but I understand the idea. But I think usually when I play tabletop games, if there's something that we read while we are playing, it's usually because we forgot something and have to check what the rules say. So... If I understood correctly, you read questions and think of what the answers to those questions would be. Is that how? Correct. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of the flow of it is you would be presented with a series of questions, usually about something you did in that day or over the last week. You would think about your answers, you would write them down, and then you would come back and kind of like think about the answers to another series of questions that would be like, basically, you've written down your answers, you've filled in your, your component materials, and then the next set of questions you would go back and read and answer would kind of force you to sort of reconsider the things that you've written down in sort of a magical, wizardly context. Yeah. And I imagine that when you make the game, you would write different questions that the player would have to answer. Just like if I were making this video game, I would write down possible recipes, ingredients, and I would probably draw what the different things look like. And yeah, absolutely. I think that I think that for from a tabletop standpoint, I think it would be I think it would be I think my ideal scenario would be presenting it in a way where you would have a list of like games you could choose from or like question prompts you could choose from that maybe you could approach in any order right so like it's not necessarily i think that that 
the game that I'm envisioning wouldn't necessarily be like a straightforward narrative story in the sense of uh, you play game one, you play game two, you play game three, but it would be kind of 30 game prompts and you kind of pick and choose the ones that you're interested in. And maybe even ideally in a perfect world, it would be uh, you would choose you would maybe I think the finished tabletop game would probably include like 40 or 50 individual game prompts so that like in theory, everybody's spell book would be a little bit different. Like there would be games in a in a 30 day period as you play through the experience of the game, you would have more prompts than you could choose in a given month. So that everybody's playthrough and spell book would be a little bit different yeah. based on like the prompts that you chose that you would be most interested in pursuing. I wonder how long does it usually take to make a tabletop game? Depending on the game, uh, I mean, it depends on how struck you are by inspiration, but it is a it is a, a wide ranging question it can be as quick as a few days it can be as i mean i've been working on one for the better part of three or four years and haven't quite put it into the world but then there were there have been games that i've written that i've knocked out in a weekend because i got an idea and said this is exactly as much effort as i want to put into it yeah when i make games i usually make them for our game jams which are events that take a specific amount of time so then i kind of know in advance how long time there is and then I make something that fits into that schedule. So usually it would be some jams are pretty short. Like there's a jam that lasts three hours, but actually it lasts longer. By that you're supposed to set a timer when you start, and then start up after three hours. And the only things you right, can right, do right. after the three hours is building and that's and uploading and that sort of stuff. And then there's other DMs that last several months. I think for the game that I described, I think I'd prefer to make it over one month. And I would probably involve one or two more people specifically because there would be this dialogue with the customers and the ingredients sellers. So I would want, if I have time, to make those characters speak with actual voice audio. And in order to have that, I would get people to record it. So that would mean I would have to write a casting call. I would have to list what the different roles are. I would have to who listen to different people saying the same things, and I would have to figure out who will play this, who will play that, and then after they record it, I will, after they, after that I get them to record the lines, I edit them so that they're all speaking at the same volume, and then I put the recordings into the game. I think from a production standpoint, if I were to put this game to paper from a tabletop standpoint, I would probably want, I mean, my ideal process would be, I would probably take two months and just like 
whether I was working on my my own or like bringing on one or two other like writers to work alongside myself, I think my ideal process would be to take like two months and just write a weird little game experience every day, like draft up a set of rules and questions that said, here's your game, like here, like here's the type of spell that we're making. Here's the ritual that we're undertaking. And here's the list of here's the list of like prompts. And then like every day, just kind of like grab like, okay, here's the ritual that you want to make if you're making a spell that has this effect. And I would sit down and draft it up and use that as kind of a one day writing prompt. And like if I was alongside a group of like fellow writers, like I like I think it would be really fun to bring on board like one or two other writers and then maybe shorten that time frame to like a month, maybe. But to have it be like 30 days, I think two months would still be doable because that gives us some down days. But like give everybody a set number. Maybe we have three writers on the project. Maybe all three writers have 30 prompts. We have two months to do it. That gives us that means a prompt every other day. And it's just like a little tiny like exercise. And over two months, we would just draft a bunch of things, a bunch of different rituals, throw them into a shared space. And then like ideally for a game like this, my my ideal experience, I probably wouldn't put too much energy into laying it out or like art, at least in the upfront, because I think that just creating like a little bit of a journal effect, but like that would probably be the brunt of creation would just be kind of writing props and throwing them into a shared space and using that as a way to kind of bounce ideas off of each other, because I think that would create like some really fun collaborative energy. Also, when you when I upload a game on your channel, for example, I have to upload the game itself during the submission period. But then, after the submission period, I can still add screenshots and I can add a logo for a game. So, I would probably leave screenshots and logo for the last part. Like, I would try to do everything as beforehand. That makes sense. I feel like that's that kind of feels like it's the end of the road, right? Yeah. Like, that kind of feels like, I think it's the same for tabletop. Like, that kind of feels like that's kind of the last step of the process, right? Like, I don't want to start making visuals and layout and things until I'm really certain that I know what... Till I know what the, the final shape of the thing is, because otherwise you're backing yourself into a corner. And, like, if if... The creative process goes in a direction. You're going to find yourself in a place where you don't longer, uh, your visuals don't match, and then you're you're redoing that work. Yeah, I often do music during the last week because that time is when I've already done the more important things. So I try to do those. Things that the game wouldn't be playable without, I try to do those before I do those things that are nice to have, but it would be playable without them. Yeah, I think for me, the last week of production is probably like, like if I've I've already got the art in, I've already got the text in, the last, like, the last little pieces are almost certainly like for me, as far as like, uh, graphics for like marketing so like the the game page itself on itch.io the like the assets for there and then if there's extra stuff that i want to put together so if there's you know audio content that i want like if we're producing an audio book 
or uh, if I want to make like some actual play stuff, like that's usually like once the game is done and I know that I'm putting it out on a specific day, that's usually my last week stuff because that's kind of the easiest stuff for me to throw together. Yeah. Well, yeah, and with that, like our games are out in the world. We've got an idea of what the game would be, what it would be like to make the thing. I think that that is a successful translation of ideas across mediums and i feel like that is the that is the show in a nutshell thank you so much for for sitting down with me today um if people want to check out where your work where can people find it online on itch.io should i say the url of my itch.io yeah give us give us the url where people can find your work cliteral.io and you can find my work, podcasts, games, and all that kind of stuff at jeffstormer.com. Um, well, thank you so much for listening. And until next time. And um, should, I spell the, should I spell the name C literal? Yeah, why don't you go ahead and spell the name? S-E-A-L-I-T-E-R-A-L. Uh, and you can find jeffstormer.com at J-E-F-F-S-T-O-R-M-E-R.com. Uh, I don't know why it took so much effort to spell my own name, but sometimes you have that kind of a day. Yeah, um, it yeah, also took uh, me with, a to spell mine for some reason. Um, and with that, uh, thank you all so much for listening, and um, enjoy the rest of the entries in the Podcast Minds Pod Jam. Riley, Andrew, thank you for a hundred episodes, and um, bye, everybody. Bye.